All right, we're going to the, the book of Proverbs. Um, we have uh, kind of done some, so I did Genesis quite a while in here, and then we were kind of picking up on the book of Proverbs and just kind of moving around, and I'm going back to some things that I, in the book of Proverbs, used to, to teach a lot. I, I taught the book of Proverbs for several years at, at the college, and I used a lot of, a lot of different notes and a lot of different accumulated material some going all the way back to when I was in Bible college myself. And so, but uh, uh, we're just going <clears> to <throat> pick up here and, and hit some, some different verses uh, that we're going to go through. So it'll be, it's not one passage and Proverbs kind of really uh, sometimes lends itself that way. But, but uh, there's a lot of this individual, not verses, but passages and, and the comparisons that take place. But we're talking about, we're going to look at just definitions, look at four different groups of people that, that are in the book of Proverbs. One is the person of, of wisdom, and that's what Proverbs is really talking about, talking about wisdom and how to get wisdom and, and who needs to have wisdom. And, and uh, wisdom is, uh, by definition, and again, there's many definitions, uh, you know, people come up with different definitions, of, but they're all basically the same in many ways. But wisdom is, is skill in living based on understanding and applying God's principles. Uh, and that's a lot of what we've been talking about is understanding God's principles in the Word of God. If we understand them, uh, then now we've got it in our head. Uh, but now we need to apply those principles to life. And hey, y'all, good to see you. Good to see Chris. And uh, thank y'all for being here this morning. I'm glad they found you and got you picked up today. The girl's here, I suppose, right? All right, good. All right, so wisdom is skill in living based on understanding and applying God's principles, and that's what's so important. Uh, I'll be probably preaching about this morning a little bit, the, the, uh, in, in, in some way, some form, and that's, uh, that it's one thing to, to know the truth. It's, an, it's a whole different thing to live the truth, and, uh, and really we've got a world out there, even a Christian world, that there's a lot of knowledge that's flying around everywhere. There's all kinds of books, there's all kinds of information, there's all on the you know, on the internet. Anywhere anywhere go Google, uh, whatever you want, Google it and find out anything you want to find out and not sure it's true what you're finding out, but you it's all kinds of information out there. But it's a whole different animal when somebody decides to live the truth that they learn. And so, uh, but wisdom is when you actually apply God's principles to your life. Now, foolishness is another term that's going to be used much in the book of Proverbs, foolishness. And foolishness is acting upon beliefs and philosophies that are in opposition to God's principles. It's when we do our way, you know, the, uh, he does that which is right in his own eyes. Uh, and so, when we do what we want to do, when we live it the way we want to live it, when we, uh, when we make decisions based on uh, our personal so-called wisdom, um, we, it's, but it's acting upon beliefs and philosophies that are in opposition to God's principles. There's another word, we're just going to do these four words that are kind of key to, to the book of Proverbs, and that's the word folly. You see the word folly often in the book of Proverbs, and the Folly is really just a, a base, a, a pattern of behavior based on foolishness. And so it's, uh, folly is just uh, when you're deciding to live in contradiction to God's principles and you're going to live out your life. It's kind of like wisdom says you ought to apply God's principles 
um, finally says, I'm going to live applying my principles. I'm going to live applying the world's principles. I'm going to live in contradiction. I'm actually going to live them out. I'm going to do it. Uh, prudence is another word. Prudence, and this is the last word we'll define here this morning, but prudence is a, is a, a very key word in the book of Proverbs. And prudence is the ability to detect patterns of behavior that are out of harmony with God's Word. Prudence is the ability to detect patterns of behavior that are out of harmony with God's Word. Uh, prudence is, is having the ability, when you see somebody or something that's, say, something in your head says, that's not right. I always talk about it being red lights in my head. Red lights in my head start flashing saying, something's wrong here. Something's not right here. You know, and sometimes we don't know exactly what's wrong, but we just know something's not right. And, and prudence says something doesn't look right, something doesn't smell right, something doesn't, it doesn't seem right. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold back from that. I'm going I'm to I'm delay my decisions right now. So prudence. And so now all we're going to do this morning, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably going to take you know, several Sundays maybe. I'm not sure. It depends on how fast I go through this because it's a bunch of them. But in the book of Proverbs, there's this one character that is talked about over and over and over in the book of Proverbs. And if we're going to be prudent, we need to recognize this guy. We need to be able to recognize this guy. The young ones need to be able to recognize for the rest of their life this guy. And this guy's the fool. Because if you don't recognize him, He'll come up and he will, he will affect you. He will influence you. And so it's really good that if we're prudent, we learn how to recognize the fool. And so uh, I'm just, number one, we're going to go through different aspects through the Scripture about that talk about the fool in the book of Proverbs. And uh, I don't even remember. Let me tell you, I think there are, I think I got like 30 some odd. 30-some-odd verses uh, that uh, I've kind of renumbered them and readjusted them, and so uh, there's a bunch of them. And so, uh, but number one is this one. Here's the tough one. Everyone is born a fool. We all start out foolish. Uh, listen, Proverbs 22, 15. If you want to look, if you want to turn to it, just go to the book of Proverbs, and if you can quickly turn, you know, if you want to mark them or you want to. But here's Proverbs 22, 15 says this. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You know, we're all born in sin, and it just seems like foolishness must be there too. And so uh, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but I love this, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. You know, no matter what the world says out there, God says there's something that will drive out foolishness. The rod of correction. Now, we talk about this often just so people understand this because in our minds, we think a rod, we're thinking somebody's coming with a big metal stick or a big stiff wooden stick. No, the rod in the, in the Bible, when it speaks about the rod, it's talking about a switch. It's talking about something that we would term as a switch. Uh, uh, anybody ever been switched? Okay. Uh, switched is, is like you go out there and get one of those good green limber limbs uh, off a tree and it, it doesn't have, it just kind of, when you do it like this, it just kind of flops. And you think, what good's that going to do? 
that will do more good than anything else you want to use because, one, because God said that's what you ought to use. Two, because there's just something that lights you up about a switch that nothing else will do it. Uh, it'll, it stings. It's not going to do any damage, uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you know it's there, that switch. Uh, we, we used to live, growing up, we lived right, uh, what was it, that, 100 150 yards maybe or something from from my grandmother's and uh, as a kid growing up and we spent a lot of time with Mama Ruby. We spent a lot of time with her and uh, we, me and my brothers, when we got in trouble, she came after us with a switch. Truth is, she would make us go get our own switch. Uh, she would make us go and she'd make us pull that off and so we being dumb little kids, we would think, well, let's go get the, you know, little little flimsy one. Uh, well, she just somehow knew how to w- make that thing pop. And so, uh, uh, but it, it will, it, my wife came up with this thought, and, and it's true, once I started thinking about it, a, uh, a person, a, um, uh, a kid, a, a boy, uh, even a teenage boy, it, there's, no, there's no glory out of withstanding a switch. You know, when we were in, in school, and you get called into a, a, a principal's office, they would paddle you. And the principal would always have a great big old paddle. And, you know, man, it was, you know, you were a macho man. You know, if you went in there and, hey, how many did you get? Oh, I got three. You know, how many did you get? I got four. You know, I'm better than you. And, and you get to sign it. And, and you know, it was something big, you know, because I withstood, you know, four big swats out of that big paddle. There's nothing in glory about saying, I withstood that little bitty switch. And it'll make tears come to their eyes like, like nothing else. And so that's all it really is. It's, uh, and I know the world don't like that today and because of Dr. Spock in the 60s, and it all began with that. But that's, because we, that's why we've got a pretty rebellious world out here, too, because there's a lot of foolishness in our world that's never been driven out of a child, sadly. And, I, you know, every time they want to gripe and complain, I always want to say, one, you people that are writing this stuff and telling us how wicked we are because we might uh, discipline our children, uh, and, I say, you know, we're so evil and so wicked that we do that. One, do you even have any kids? Usually they don't. Uh, forgive me, but usually it's some woman that's never had children, probably never even been married, uh, and she's out saving the whales, but she don't care anything about the kids. Uh, Number two, they, uh, they, I want to say, how are your kids? You know, where are they and what are they doing? Living like hell? Then, you know, check mine out. You know, I, it's, just, it's just sad. But every child begins as a fool. It's, it's the fact that makes corporal punishment, the rod of correction necessary. But parents often fail to see the purpose of corporal punishment and other forms of parental discipline. It's the purpose to lead the child to seek God's wisdom and turn from the path of foolishness. That's the whole purpose of, of corporal punishment, they call it. It's to, it's to lead a child, to, uh, direct a child from foolishness to yielding to God's principles. Uh, now, so here's the key about corporal punishment. Most parents discipline their children because they've been inconvenienced. And the, here's the error. You don't discipline your children because... It's, they've inconvenienced you. Uh, 
you discipline them because they defied God's principles. When they defy God's principles, they got to be disciplined. They lie, they got to be disciplined. They cheat, they got to be disciplined. They steal, they got to be disciplined. They knock over the milk on the table. That's not necessarily a, uh, something to discipline them about unless you told them six times to sit down and they kept reaching across the table and you told them not. So you're not, still not disciplining them because they knocked the milk over. You're disciplining them because they disobeyed you and didn't stay seated in their seat. Uh, and so now, uh, when we discipline for the wrong reason, this pattern of child discipline, punishing a child when he violates the parent's preferences rather than defying God's principle, has, a, has really serious consequences and actually uh, contradicts. It shoves the child the, the wrong direction. And so uh, it's the reason why most adults reach physical maturity while retaining foolishness of their childhood. They may have been spanked, but they were spanked for the wrong reason and in the wrong way. I'm not saying that everybody does corporal punishment does it right. Truth is, the reason we have such an outcry is that there's been a lot of it that's done wrong. But, it, but it's been an overcompensation to the point that anybody that has any corporal punishment at all is some kind of evil, wicked person. And it's just not true. It's, the truth is you love your kids and you want them to make right choices. So that's the first one. The first one that we're going to look at is that, that it's just in us. It's not like, okay, some are, you know, wonderful people and others are, are acting foolish. We all have foolishness in us and... It has to be driven out. It has to be driven out. Now, number two, the Bible says, and this has always been an amazing one to me, the Bible says that fools, and this is why it's so important that we need to recognize them, that a fool is dangerous and vicious. Now, watch this. Look at Proverbs 17, 12. Proverbs 17, 12. This, this is one of the, you know, and I do this at the beginning because I want already at the very beginning, anybody that ever hears this teaching to understand the, the foolish person is nothing to be played with. Uh, look, it says, let a bear robbed of whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. It's saying that it would be better for me as a man to meet a bear robbed of its whelps, of its cubs, of its babies, and somebody has something has stolen its babies away, and that bear is coming after them, or that bear is trying to get to its whelps, get to its cubs. Now, I don't know if you understand, but that's probably a pretty dangerous mama bear. And God says, it would be better for you to meet that bear than to meet a man in his foolishness. That's a pretty serious statement. My wife and I, and I think three of our girls were, was it Candace, Amber, and Tara? We were in Alaska. We were in, we were in Alaska, and, and uh, we went to a park, a glacier and things in Alaska, and so we... We went hiking up, and as we went hiking up, as we, we got ready to start back down, we looked way down there, and there was a bear with its cubs. And I thought, well, that's neat that we get to see that. We hiked the trail and walking back down. When, when all of a sudden, the, you know, our kids just locked up. They were in front of us, and they were with another family and their, uh, their daughter, and man, just boom, they locked up in the trail. Well, that's because right up in front of us, probably about 20 yards, 
a bear had stepped out into the trail and was looking right at us, just staring at them. Now, I don't know how you feel at that moment, but none of us knew what to do. It was just like, don't move, don't make any noise, because we really didn't have to worry about it. I think the girls were frozen. They were not moving an inch. But that bear is sitting there staring at us, and all I could think in my brain is, where are those cubs we just saw? Because if we just walked in between that bear and those cubs, we're in a mess. We're in a big mess. Because I don't want that thing to think somehow we're, gonna, we're trying to get in between those things. And that, that old big bear just stared at us for a second and then just walked on across the path. I don't know where the cubs were still, and I'm supposing that was still the same bear. But, you know, there's, there'd been nothing that me and the other man that I was with, I, we, we might have tried, but I'm telling you, there's probably a whole, not a whole lot we could do if that bear started after us. It just, you're in a mess. And God says, let a bear, and it's not just a bear, not let a man meet a bear, let a bear robbed of its whelps. That is one mean mama bear. She's going to get her cubs. She's going to get to them. And he says, let a bear robbed of his whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. He said, it's just better he did, does that than meet a, meet a man in his folly. Wow, because here's the reason. The bear will only hurt you physically. The fool will hurt you spiritually and eternally. The fool may even take you to hell through his influence. So, a man cornered by a raging bear is safer than a Christian who associates with a fool. And that's an amazing statement. God's making a pretty extreme statement there. And uh, so, number three. You all right, Joe Beth? Smile at me every once in a while. I need you to think, oh, that's so good, Rob. <laughs> all right, number three. Fools have no desire to learn God's principles. Here's why they're so dangerous, because they don't have any desire to learn God's principles. Look at uh, Proverbs 17, 16. We're already in Proverbs chapter 17. Look at now just a few verses away. Proverbs 17, 16. It says, Wherefore is there a price in the hand of the fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? You see, a fool does not see the value of wisdom and is unwilling to pay the price necessary to obtain it. Fool doesn't see the value of it, so he's not going to do anything to get it. He's not going to spend the time to study. He's not going to spend the time to research. He's not going to spend the time to learn. He's not going to spend the time to get counsel or direction. He's not going to come to Sunday school consistently. Uh, you know, I hate to say it that way, but he may show up someplace, but usually when they show up, I had a man, they showed up to a, a this is a long time ago, I'm not sure my wife can remember, we were in New York and a man showed up in a, to a family conference that we were doing there, and, uh, and the pastor had asked that, you know, because there was no facilities to do a split session for my wife uh, to speak, we've learned since then. You know, I, you know, I, I usually when we do, we do a session together now, uh, if if there's no opportunity to do it otherwise. And so I, you know, that lets allows her to, to speak a little bit. But I stand beside her and I interject. But uh, 
But this, this man came in from the moment he walked in the door. Everything that we said, he was wanting to make a comment about. And it was not a positive comment. Everything was negative. Everything that we were saying was wrong. Everything that we were doing was wrong. And I, I think he didn't come in to learn. He came in for conflict. And so, uh, just to warn you, that just because we're in church doesn't mean that a fool won't show up. Amen? So, uh, wherefore, in this price of the hand of fool to get wisdom, a fool does not see the value of wisdom and is unwilling to pay the price necessary to obtain it. And that's, that's again, that's a sign of a fool, is that, and again, why do we do these? Why am I doing this? Is because we, you know, especially, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> especially for most of us in here, but we, we need to teach our children. We need to teach our grandchildren. We need to, to make a difference, help them to understand there's a danger. out there. You know, we've got 22 grandchildren, and a big concern amount is who will influence them. You know, once you've reared your own children, you realize that it only takes one person in a class to really influence a class for wrong. You know, now one person in a class can influence it for right, but but a leader, most people are followers. And if you get a leader in the class, and he can lead a, a, a class to evil. And so our children have to know, our grandchildren have to know, look, you've got to be alert. You've got to be observant. You've got to have sense enough to know if somebody's trying to take you to right direct, uh, wrong direction. All right, so number four. Number four is this. Fools bring grief to their parents. Fools bring grief to to their parents. That's why we need to help them, um, our children, our grandchildren, so that they, they won't bring grief. I mean, we get, get a benefit out of that. But look at Proverbs 17, 21. We're still in chapter 17, a lot in there about the fool in Proverbs 17. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of the fool hath no joy. 1725, you just go down a few verses, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. I have a, a message, and, and I preached it here to the young people. I may have preached it in the, in the church here. I don't know. You know, with traveling, you, you really lose track. You try to write down, and, and, uh, uh, but, but I have a message called When Right is Wrong. When Right is Wrong. And that whole message is, is based off of these, this, this passage right here. But... But, you know, the, the fact is, is that because <clears throat> we rear our kids in church does not, again, does not mean that they're not going to cause us grief. And sometimes, here's what happens, they get to the point where they are doing right, but they're doing their right. And God says, he that does that which is right in his own eyes is a fool. And so, the then if they're doing right, but doing their own right, they can be causing this grief. Now, it says, he that begins the fool doeth it to his sorrow. Uh, that word is, when you define it, is a word, it you know, comes out, basically defined depression. And, and when you look at 1725, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear them. That word bitterness is basically, or heaviness in another verse. I think that's a different verse than I than I normally use, uh, but it talks about the heaviness of the mother and the, uh, you know, and, 
that's also depression. So what, what happens is, is that we just, it affects our spirit when we realize a child has been influenced by foolishness. When they're going that direction, it really does. Um, one of the benefits of gaining God's wisdom is that you're able to give joy and delight to your parents. The more you live by wisdom, the more you give joy and delight to your parents. The more that you live by foolishness, the greater sorrow, the greater depression that you bring to your parents. And so it's, it's very important that we teach our children, our grandchildren, for our own sakes. Uh, and it's not why we do it, but I mean, it, it's going to hurt us as well as our children. God places within the heart of each child a desire to delight and please his parents. See, I believe, he, I believe children want to please, and they grow up wanting to please. Sadly, uh, they have to be taught. You know, they have foolishness in, in them, but they also, uh, they have this desire to please. So it depends on who leads them now, who influences them now, what they're going to do. Now, uh, number five, we'll go on to number five. Fools, we're almost done. Fools tend to repeat their folly and, and are almost helpless. I say almost because God could do anything, but almost helpless to change their lifestyle. This is an amazing verse, Proverbs 26, 11. If you look at Proverbs 26, 11, it says, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. That's an amazing statement. First of all, it's amazing that a dog, probably everybody in there has ever had an animal, grew up with animals. Have you ever seen a dog do that? It's just, it's nasty looking. Uh, some of, you know, but a dog will... You know, they'll go out there and eat that grass and stuff, and then they'll vomit it up, and then they just start eating it right back up. And, and, uh, but God says, that's just natural. Here's what God's really saying, I believe. That's natural to a dog. That's normal to a dog. That's just what a dog does. And you know what? A fool will just as naturally and normally always return to his folly. He's going to go to back to his folly. You know, it's so hard when people don't want to grasp that, that the principles of the Word of God are more than just information, more than some, as Brother Holly would say, spoofled us that we would put over us that's going to magically make us some, you know, blessed and everything's going to go good now. No, the principles of the Word of God are something that we need to be living. And when they refuse to accept that fact and, and they, they just keep heading in their foolishness, they may come to church and say, i got to change. Got to turn over a new leaf. Got to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. And they get up, and after about a day, they go right back to it. Because you, you don't just stop it. You've got to redirect what you're doing. You've got to have something to go to. And if you don't start doing truth, principles, wisdom, if you don't start doing that, you're just going to return to what you were doing. So there has to be a change in our actions, a change in our, our direction. And, and again, it's kind of hidden where I'm, I'm going to be preaching about this morning, but, but there's got to be some desire to, to go a different direction and and, and when we desire it, then there must be a step and begin to do it. Because if we don't, 
it's that doctrine of replacement in many ways. Uh, if if it's if you're lo- listening to music that is foolish and and teaching and singing out foolishness in the music, <coughs> excuse me, and singing out foolishness. Okay, you say I'm 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 going to stop that. I'm just going to stop that. Would you better add some music that is preaching, teaching wisdom? Because if you don't, if you just try to eliminate and don't add, you're going to go right back to it. You're going to do it. If you listen to music, when, when I uh, first got saved and, and, and after that, you know, later, you know, probably a year and a half after that, as I made a decision about my, my music and I broke all of my music, all my albums and all my tapes and and got rid of it, and, and destroyed every bit of it. You know, I don't know where I would be except a buddy of mine named Bill Street gave me uh, one album, one gospel quartet album, and I had, I'd never heard that kind of music, didn't understand that kind of music, uh, but he gave me that one album. Well, I was so used to listening to music 24 hours a day to break everything and stop it, I'm addicted. I can't just cold turkey not have any music. I got to have something. And Bill gave me that album. And so I put it on my turntable and moved the little arm back so that it would just continuously play. And I don't know, for months, I listened to that one album over and over and over all day, all night. I just, that one album. Now, eventually, you know, I started to collect a little bit, but we didn't, again, I had no idea where to get good music, and I didn't even really know what good music was, and, and so I, I had no, I just didn't know, but, but, you know, if Bill had not given me that one album, I'm not sure where I'd be right now. Well, I do, too. I would have been back in what I was listening to, because I'm going to listen to something. I'm going to listen to something. Back then, anyway. Now, you know, I don't listen to music nearly as much as I used to. But, but back then, I, uh, uh, it was just 24 hours a day. I had it on. And that's not a, really an exaggeration. I played it all day. I played it at night. I played it, you know, I left it playing when I walked out the door to go to my car because I wanted to be able to hear it until I got to my car. And when I got to my car and turned the key, it was on in my car. So it, just, it was on all the time. So to, just to stop it, I'm going to go somewhere. And so... That's, it's a very important thing to, to understand as the dog returneth to his vomit, that which is natural and normal. I'll tell you, this dog, he doesn't know anything else. This is all he knows. Now, if you could teach a dog manners, then you, you would have to teach him how not to go back to his vomit. But you're not going to stop a dog from being a dog. Now, here's where the difference. I believe a fool, through the power of God, can be changed. And so that's why I say he almost helpless to change his life. And the truth is, he is helpless, but God can. God can. All right, we got about uh, 18, 19 minutes until church service starts. So we got coffee out there if you want coffee. And I'm not sure if we got anything else out there, but we got coffee. So God bless you. You're dismissed. No, this is Brother Rogers.